You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. All right, good morning. Today I want to um, continue looking at uh, this one piece of uh, an essay by uh, the Nativo Chalom by the Salonim Rebbe, um, where he talks about the the, the refining uh, quality that prayer either has or can have, depending on your uh, perspective. Um, and his argument here is that uh, is that prayer is necessary to sort of transform a person's desires uh, to uh, to a um, to the service of God. And we have these we, we we all have you know desires and passions, and the purpose of prayer is to redirect them. Um, but I want to before we actually really get into it, we're just going to look at the the really the last uh, statement that he makes here. Um, but before we do it, and I think what he addresses here, um, and he does it in his own way, but I think he, he addresses here kind of the elephant in the room in prayer. One of the elephants in the room in prayer. I think one of the elephants in the room in prayer for me is, what's the point? Is it just a waste of time? Would our time be better spent um, going to a soup kitchen? Would our time be better spent going to a clothing pantry? Right, we spend you know on Saturday morning three hours in services. That's a, that's a lot of time, right? Now I get it, right? Some people might it's not the choices may not be either or. Some people might be spending that time watching college football, right? But um, but but is it is it ultimately a waste? Should we say we we set that three hours aside for something better? So that so I want to. Um, Call that uh, that elephant out with this great uh, article that that a friend of mine, Ari Hasid, wrote a couple of weeks ago for Haaretz. Cherry Hill boy, a Cherry Hill boy, a Kiva graduate. Now, uh, um, now a, um, a conservative rabbinical student in Israel. Gabriel, it's in English. It's in English. You've met him. yeah. Mother. Oh, yeah. So here's what he says. I don't know what took me so long to figure it out. I don't know why it took me so long to figure it out, but it finally dawned on me. By hour three of the bar mitzvah I attended last Saturday, we can all resonate with that, I realized that services were just too long. Of course, anyone who goes to synagogue regularly on Saturday morning knows that services are long. But what I realized is that long services are not simply boring or off-putting to people who do not regularly attend. Such long services inhibit our abilities to be better people, and by extension, better Jews. Without question, prayer is a central part of Judaism, and it certainly should not be eliminated. I, for one, derive immense personal meaning from the daily blessings that I state both before and after eating, and I believe that I'm a better person for recognizing how lucky I am to have food every time I eat. Even at times when I am not spiritually moved to bless over my food, I still do so as I consider myself obligated. However, these daily blessings take up a very small part of my day. In general, I believe it's healthy to take a few seconds to appreciate whatever it is we are doing. Indeed, I see the same value in taking time out of my day three times a day to reflect on the world, reflect on myself, and praise God. The problem is the amount of time that we devote to that prayer, especially in the morning and on Shabbat and holidays. If we have an hour in the morning, 
Are we better off spending that hour entirely in prayer or praying for 20 minutes and spending 40 minutes going for a jog? We are commanded in Judaism to take care of our bodies, after all. Pirkei Avot famously stated that the world rests on three things, the study of Torah, service, and acts of loving kindness. The rabbis of that period certainly meant service as prayer, just as surely as that same word meant sacrifice during the period of the temple. Today, though, we need to ask ourselves if devoting so much time to prayer is the best way to serve God. I believe that when Pirkei Avot refers to acts of loving kindness, they mean good deeds, not necessarily acts that we are commanded to perform as Jews. I believe that it's time that we replace our understanding of service to mean prayer exclusively with an understanding that service means doing the commandments of Judaism to make the world a better place. Of course, this sense of service is based on our understanding of God. If God is akin to the gods of Greek mythology, then I imagine that he, she, appreciates people singing his, her praises for hours on end. We talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago. But that is not my God. My God is served when the world is made to be a better place. This means looking out for one's own interests, but also looking out for the interests of others. Service of God needs to include not only fixed prayers, but fixed acts of tikkun olam, of making the world a better place. By doing so, we as Jews will be serving God in an important way, by making God's world better. Currently, an observant Jew will make time for traditional prayer services every day, but not necessarily make time to visit the sick, to help feed the needy, or to help keep the environment clean. This points to our need to radically redefine service in our time. When the temple was destroyed, the rabbis expanded prayer greatly to be the new way to serve God. Now it's time for the religious leaders to redefine service once again, so that people are obligated to make the world a better place, not just do it out of the goodness of their hearts. So just two quick observations about that. Um, The first is um, that um, if you look in uh, the Shabbat morning Sidor, um, in the um, chunk of text between pages 68 and 70, um, page 70 is the 13 principles of Torah uh, study by Rabbi Yishmael, but 68 and 69 are several other texts that um, that um, uh, that are options of studying in that uh, piece of the service. And one of them, um, and I, I don't remember it, uh, oh, here we go, here's a Shabbat Sidor. Um, so one of them is the following. So once Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was walking with his disciple Rabbi Yehoshua near Jerusalem after the destruction of the temple, Rabbi Yehoshua looked at the temple ruins and said, Alas for us, the place that atoned for the sins of the people Israel through the ritual of animal sacrifice lies in ruins. Then Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai spoke to him these words of comfort. Be not grieved, my son. There is another equally meritorious way of gaining atonement even though the temple is destroyed. We can still gain atonement through deeds of loving kindness. For it is written, Ki chesed The book of Hosea says, Loving kindness I desire, not sacrifice. So I, it, it seems to me that, uh, that that would have also been a good text for, uh, for uh, Ari to add in in this, um, in this article, that, um, that 
that the rabbis had a sense um, that, um, that, that it wasn't only prayer that was meant to replace uh, the fixed service of the sacrifices. It was supposed to be deeds of loving kindness as well. Depending on how you look at the text, it might even be instead of. Right? So it could be that uh, this text is a, is a parallel track in the history of the development of rabbinic Judaism where some of the rabbis said, no, we should replace prayer with, uh, replace sacrifices with prayer. And some of the rabbis said, no, we should replace sacrifices with acts of loving kindness. So that's just one observation. The second observation is um, there is a, um, uh, a a very profound and interesting phenomenon in the Jewish world today um, where the point of Judaism, according to many people, if you go and ask like 9 out of 10 um, young Jews, so what's the point of Judaism? I mean, some of them will say Judaism is pointless. But the ones who, who you can get to say that there is a point to Judaism, 9 out of 10 of those people will say it's to repair the world. And there was a, a really interesting article, you know, the Ten Commandments of, uh, of, of today's Judaism. Right? And, uh, and like the, the first commandment is, uh, was, uh, I, am the, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the, la- uh, out of the house of bondage, to make the world a better place. And that is, I think, one of the cardinal uh, um, uh, dogmas of modern Judaism today. But if you look in the Torah, um, the phrase tikkun olam does not appear there once. Um, so it's an interesting thing to say that the point of Judaism is something that is never mentioned in the Torah at all. So that's just another observation I want to point out. But I want to contrast what, what Ari Hasid says here with what Nativot Shalom says at the bottom of the page, and then, and then uh, open it up for your reflections and, and comments. So at the bottom of the page here, what the Nativot Shalom says is, Mishum kach bedorot gashmu. In our time, when the atmosphere um, curses a person and, uh, and, and makes us more materialistic, he says that Torah, study of Torah, and doing good deeds are ineffective in our time, where we're so materialistic and, and, uh, and, and, and banal. Torah and good deeds are ineffective. They don't work unless they also have prayer with them. So remember, Ariasi suggests that like kind of threefold structure there's got to be Torah, there's got to be uh, acts of love and kindness and there's got to be prayer right? and what Nativot Shalom says is you need all three of those things but you can't focus on two without prayer Ari says no, you should drop prayer or dramatically reduce prayer and focus on the other two and uh, and and so he says I'll, the reason he's excuse been, me, where are you? I can't find it I'm just at the very bottom very of the bottom. page here it's, there's a punctuation mark about five, six lines at the bottom. Uh, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. It's a little bit hard to follow in, in the Hebrew. I, I apologize. Um, so, um, it needs prayer according to the Slonim Marebi. She'al yada yitaher gever. Because through prayer, and only through prayer, can a person purify himself or herself. V'zo b'chinat milchemet hayetzer. And this is a kind of uh, war with the evil inclination that we're constantly involved in. And prayer is a battleground of the war against the evil inclination, according to the Tivot Shalom. B'muvan right? Because this is prayer is a way for to uproot. Uh, we have an obligation to uproot the uh, bad desires that we have. 
And prayer is a way of redirecting that energy uh, to something more positive. Because through prayer, we enter into another dimension. We enter into another realm. Uh, we, we can transform our, our, our materialistic desires into a, 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 a yearning a passion for, uh, for God, a supernal desire uh, that comes with prayer. So two paradigms here. One is that we should replace prayer with more acts of, uh, of loving kindness and good deeds. The other is saying, no, you should do acts of loving kindness and good deeds, but those two things are ineffective unless prayer is alongside them. Your turn. Well, Ari, Ari's comments seem very much like Reform Judaism, where, you, you know, you, your actions in doing tikkun olam almost, I don't want to say overrides prayer, that's a little too strong, but... That that's your raison d'etre as a as a Jew, whereas the Sloan or Rebbe seems to be in a more traditional place. That is prayer. You're you're doing the other things, and prayer is very important part of it. It's a, I can almost see it being the two different branches of Judaism to a degree. Well, I don't know about the reform thing, but they are certainly different branches of Judaism. Right? Right. The Sloan Rebbe represents, you know, Hasidic Orthodox right. Judaism, and and uh, Ari Hasid uh, represents uh, conservative Judaism. I think. I mean, I think that you're that that you're right. That uh, that that the that the argument of the article is uh, is a fairly liberal argument. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if I would go so far as to label it or him as uh, as reform because I don't think that I, I don't think he sees himself that way and, but uh, I, just, I, I don't you know, think but, it's labeling yeah. it, but I, that just seems to be more what reform Judaism's <clears throat> external message yeah although it, the interesting thing about reform I mean, I really Judaism is that there's a, there's a move back in the reform movement to in, involve more prayer um, sure. and more traditional prayer um, so I think that, that there may have been a time in history where that uh, is right and it may still be right in some segments of the reform world today um, but uh, but it may not be the the whole picture, and I think that there is a a resurgence of prayer um, in in the fair. Next. Just a question. Al Torah al So to me, gemilut hasadim is not so far from tikkun olam. True. So maybe there is a place for tikkun olam in that in that. I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that tikkun olam is not a Jewish value. No, um, I'm. Yeah. I'm just. It's, I just find it interesting that um, uh, that that the the phrase has become synonymous with what it means to be Jewish, right. um, and I think that uh, that that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with with that. Um, I think gumilut chasadim and tikkun olam to me uh, strike me as as potentially complementary but different things. Gemilut Chasadim could be a is often seen as a piece of Tikkun Olam, but Tikkun Olam involves a a, a more holistic picture um, that uh, that involves more than just uh, being nice to other people, which is essentially what Gemilut Chasadim is, um, but involves a more systemic view of uh, uh, at least how people usually use it, a more systemic view of making a more uh, just and peaceful uh, world. Uh, so I think that that involves more than going to visit people in the hospital and uh, with, and, and welcoming guests. And those are really important things. I'm not diminishing them, but uh, but I, I think that they are often used and for 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 actual reasons as as different, although complementary ideas. I mean, I've often wondered about the the quote, the study of which I've lost here now uh, from Pirkei Avot. Uh, where it lists three things, and is it an and, and do you need all three? 
or can you emphasize to? I mean, you know, Pirkei Avot doesn't answer that question. Well, it, it does in a sense, right? I mean, the Al-Shoshadvarim Ha'olam Omer. Well, I tell you, study in Torah is about them all. I know that. But, no, 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 no. But, but the, the world stands on three things. So I think of it like a three-legged stool, right? And if you and if you saw off one of the legs of a three-legged stool, the stool will fall over. Okay, but that's not the only way you can interpret it, though. That's uh-huh. that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that is how most people interpret it. I agree. But it doesn't mean that they're all of equal weight, at least to me. Mm-hmm. So how do so how do you interpret the phrase the 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 teaching then? Uh, well, this is a little different than what Ari suggests because he suggests that the prayer element is the one that should we should move. I don't know. I guess he's saying we should move away from it or certainly de-emphasize it. All I'm saying, even in a traditional view, if you were to emphasize one, that might be acceptable, or emphasize two and not put as much attention to the third. Right, I mean, the truth is that they're in many circles... And right? that's, a, that's a real approach to life for many people. Right, so, I mean, what's, what's interesting, I think, about his, his statement is that I don't think he's arguing for no prayer at all, right? I think, mm-hmm. he's, I think he's arguing to restore the balance in some way, right? So, or, or not spend three hours sitting in synagogue during a bar mitzvah and seeing a lot of bored people. Uh, you know, where he starts his point. Well, that, that depends on the, the definition of prayer. Mm-hmm. How do you define prayer? How do you define prayer? Here, sitting in synagogue, uh, going through the service, but I don't know that that when you keep talking about <coughs> prayer, I don't know what you really, well, how extensive is prayer? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it is it saying your blessings before you go to bed at night? Is that prayer? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is it coming to synagogue every day? Is, do you have to do that? So. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So based on you, whatever your definition of prayer is, is it is it time well spent? Right? Yeah. Is it time that could be better spent doing other if things? I, if I, if I, when... Uh, well, even he suggests that in the article, with when he talks about uh, praying before and after a meal. I mean, you know, he says sometimes yeah. he does it because he's obligated. Exactly. It's not because he wants to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, that is the cardinal question. You keep talking about doing things with prayer. Well, I don't know that what that means. What am I supposed to do? Stand up and say blessing? I don't know. Um, I mean, even a, even a Saturday morning service, you know, totally <coughs> is not prayer. You know, we exactly. don't devote the whole exactly. time. A rabbi's drash is not prayer, though it is ex- often explaining. Mm-hmm. It's more often explaining the Torah reading than the prayer. Uh, you know, so is it, it's. I don't know the answer. We're here for three hours if you come at the beginning, though. I know that. But but the the point is that none of this is meaningful unless you know what your what prayer is. That well, that gets back to the Sloan Rebbe. Right. right. Yeah. So so let's um, let's take prayer at uh, at um, um, at I think the the most literal, which I think the the, the Sloanomer is 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 referring to it as. As davening the Amida, let's just start there. Yeah. Okay, I agree that that prayer. Yeah. To me, that prayer. Okay. But but beyond that, I don't know what prayer is. I mean, this <coughs> is that. Is there an exclusive? Ex, is that the exclusive definition of a prayer? 
Well, so I, I think that that's a great question, um, and uh, and and I'm I'm hearing a little bit of uh, of uh, exasperation in your voice because the the concept is very. This is what we're talking about. I mean, the concept is is more nebulous than uh, than than it originally. Uh, exactly. than originally sound exactly. right so is prayer the amida yes is prayer what you say before you go into bed at night yes is prayer um, uh, is prayer um, you know um, singing it's time he when you're putting the Torah away yeah you could make an argument but, um, you know. but when you take Tikkun Olam and you you look at that and 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 you say that's not good unless you were Accompany it with prayer. Mm-hmm. What do I do when, if I'm working on habitat and I'm and I'm, I'm doing something? You know what I'm supposed to say a prayer? I, is, I, isn't I, isn't prayer just a, a guideline of a converse, a conversation with God? And then, you know, there are certain guidelines that have been put into the into the book to, to help you along if you don't know how to do it yourself. Yes. Right, so, uh, like, I'm going to say yes to all of them because I think that that's a great way of looking at it. I don't know if he's necessarily saying, if any of them are necessarily saying that, uh, though, Ralph. I don't, say, I don't know if, he, if what the if what the Solonim are saying is that when you're when you're painting the house for Habitat for Humanity, you need to also stop to pray because otherwise it's ineffective. I think what he's saying is, the way I'm understanding him, which could be a misunderstanding, I'm understanding that's good enough for me. <laughs> what, what I'm understanding him to be saying is is that. Um, Without without taking time to go to Sinai, without taking time for prayer in your in your life regularly, that uh, two things will happen. The first is um, you won't have uh, you won't have as much motivation and energy and passion to go and paint the house for Habitat for Humanity. I think that that's one of the things that he's saying. The other thing I think he's saying is um, is that when you are painting the house for Habitat for Humanity. You don't actually paint houses for Habitat for Man. You just build them, right? Well, build paint. Well, paint. paint them too. Paint. I did it once, but I only remember like hammering it's, it's things. Actually um, so <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> but uh, um, so I think the other thing he's saying is that it um, it it the the fact that you have a prayer life directs your intention while you're doing those things. You know that when you're building that house, it's not just something that makes you feel good, although that may be true. It's something that you're doing because it's holy. It's something that you're doing because it's God's work. It's something that you're doing, right? And and those are ideas that I think are cultivated in prayer, right? What is it that God wants us to do in the world? Well, pray, and, and you'll you'll hear some of those things in the structure and guidelines. That, right? um, how, how do I know what God is inviting me to do? Well, pray, and, and you might hear that voice, right? Uh, um, how do I know if something is holy? Well, you know, you, in prayer, you train yourself to feel when a moment is holy, right? You train yourself, yourself to feel when a moment is transcendent. So then, when you know what you're looking for, and you know you're trying to achieve when you go out and, uh, and, and visit the hospital. Well, all I can tell you, I went out on Habitat for Humanity, and the next day I had detached retina. I wasn't praying well. You didn't pray enough. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Okay.